0: in their life. Also, as well as that, if you could take two seconds to rate and review this podcast, it would mean the world to me. What that would mean is that it drives this podcast further in terms of reach, so that more dentists across the world can be able to benefit from the knowledge contained therein. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dentists Who Invest podcast. Hey team, I just wanted to jump on and record a solo podcast today about something that I found fascinating and really. I have to say it completely changed my perspective on life the very first time uh, that I came across it and it even echoes to this day, every single day, at least once a day, it certainly comes into my mind and it causes me to see things from a different perspective and I'm hoping that it will have the same impact on everybody who's listening insofar as it will enhance their life as well. What am I talking about? I'm talking about a survey undertaken by a lady called Bronnie Ware and that survey it's called the top five regrets of the dying now this is a lesson on life as much as it is a lesson on finance, money, business, and wealth. Of course, all of those things are inextricably linked anyway. really, I see this as something a little bit beyond money um this is this is this is something that will cause us to shift our entire perspective on how we go about things, how we see things. And probably how we see money as well, which is the main reason why I'm publishing it on the Denison Invest podcast. So the top five regrets of the dying surveyed by Bronnie Ware. For anyone who doesn't know, Bronnie Ware was a nurse who worked in Australia. She worked in a palliative care home. She was surrounded by people who were at the very end of their life. and Most of these people were old people, so they had a lot of life experience. They had a lot of wisdom and they had a lot of perspective, perspective that we don't actually achieve perspective that we don't actually get until we've lived those lives and we've been on this earth for that many years so really whenever they have an opinion on something whenever they have a perspective on something bearing in mind that these are average people who lived average lives in a in a country that is similar to ours uh, the, the country that most people listen to this podcast in is the UK these people were in Australia so very similar in terms of philosophy in terms of income in terms of all of those things. So, if these people represent us and they represent us a little further down the line, or certainly it's the best window or opportunity that we have to speak to that version of ourselves who is 85, 90, 100 years old, then really for me, their words are worth listening to because really, in a way, they represent our perspective whenever we reach that age, or at least it's the best opportunity we have to understand how we may think whenever we reach that point, therefore, their words have gravity. So Bronnie, where I worked in this palliative care home. She was observing a lot of people at the very end of their life, a lot of people who lived their lives, a lot of people who were almost about to die and she had the idea one day to undertake a survey and ask these people, what was your biggest regret what is your biggest regret about your life now that you're at the point where you have not that much time remaining? How do you feel about the journey? how do you feel about the bigger picture if you could?" Go you could go back, what would you change? What are your main regrets? And of course, regrets is another word for things that we would change. It's a term which can mean things that we wish we could go back and do differently. So therefore, really, if we're in a place where we can't go back in time, because nobody can go back in time, there's no such thing as a time machine, then the only real way we can change these things prospectively is when we still have the time to do it. Therefore, when we have the opportunity right now before we've reached that point, a regret is something that you wish that you had done differently and that you wish that you could go back in time and change. Or at least if you could go back in time, you would change it and you would do it differently. That's literally what a regret is. So therefore, when these people are retrospectively saying, these are my regrets, actually, that is a prospective version of us speaking about the things that they like to do differently today here's the cool thing we are still in that time we still have the opportunity to change these things or at least most often so when we hear these things out loud really we're talking to a future version of herself or really we're talking to someone who represents something similar to a future version of herself and ourselves voicing their opinions now anyway i've done enough pretense on this survey I've done enough pretense on what these regrets are everybody gets it and everybody gets what they mean whenever we talk about them as well and also the significance of them too and also how amazing an opportunity we currently have right now to be able to ensure that we're not saying these things whenever it comes to the end of our life so let's go ahead and look at the top five regrets of the dying regret number one I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Regret number two: I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Regret number three: I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Regret number four: I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Regret number five: I wish that I had let myself be happier. Just going to give everybody a moment to digest those. These are the voices of people who have lived lives which are not dissimilar from ours in any way. In fact, they're entirely—they're entirely the opposite of that. They're entirely similar. They represent the thoughts of each and every one of us whenever we reach that age. Now, of course, we mightn't necessarily think exactly the same as them, but here's the thing: in likelihood, we'll be very similar. And if we're going to operate out of an odds principle. Well, on that basis, really, in reality, there's a good chance that if we continue to think about things the way that we do presently, continue to go about our lives and think and do the same as everybody else, have the same thoughts, listen to the same parts of our psyche, listen to the same parts of our subconscious, whether those be things that enable us or inhibit us, well, chances are we'll be saying these things at the end of our life. Because remember, these are average people. These are people that represent society. These are the people that represent us. Therefore, we know that if we think the same as everybody else, we think the same as society and we do the same things and we have the same thoughts and we act in the same way, then chances are this is what the outcome will be at the end of life. And, of course, it's important to remember we're focusing on their regrets for the moment. There'll be a lot of stuff in there that's amazing as well. There'll be a lot of stuff in there that means that they are happy and there'll be a lot of things that they are well they they believe are good decisions at that point but what we're doing right now is focusing on the regrets because these are where there is some real wisdom to be yielded these are where some there is some real wisdom or insight into how we're going to think a little further down the line what is wisdom the definition of wisdom is undertaking actions which are likely to yield long-term success wisdom is a really cool word and that is a really cool definition for the for the word wisdom and whenever i started to see wisdom in that way i was like ah so really what i want to do is i want to undertake as many actions in the here and now which are going to yield me positive results in the long term because you can see things from up top you can see things from that higher perspective you're not just operating in the here and now in the thick of it in the weeds so to speak you can elevate yourself beyond the foliage that you can see around you can elevate yourself around You can elevate yourself beyond the obstructions that you see right here, right now in front of you. You can see around corners, so to speak. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom is understanding what is the correct and most efficient path for you to achieve your goal, whatever that is. Because unless you have, if you don't have wisdom, what it might mean is that you're exploring different options in order to get to that point, but you have no real understanding of which option is going to ensure that you get there in the most efficient manner or which option will mean which path that you can take that will mean that you can get to your goal in the quickest fashion and you won't have to go about rectifying things or backtracking or going back down the road that you came because you know it is completely aligned with your goal or objective therefore if you can see things from up top if you can see from around those corners if you can see around those corners then what it means is you can get there in the fastest possible way that's what this knowledge is that's what this knowledge is right here and that's why this is wisdom According to that definition of wisdom, depends how you define wisdom. But for me, I thought that was a really cool definition whenever I heard it. Wisdom wisdom is, a con- is consistently undertaking the actions which are most likely to yield you long term success and get you to your goal in the greatest efficient manner, in the most efficient manner, in the greatest, in the smoothest possible way, rather. So like I say, back to the five regrets of the dying. Let's analyze them one by one and go through it. I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. That's number one. Well, to me, this is a lot about comfort zones because it's really, really, really easy to go with the flow. Despite how you feel on the inside, it's really, really, really easy to accept the reality that's thrust upon you by others because others will thrust an identity on you unless you actively choose to decline that identity and choose to go your own way. Now, it's certainly so easy to acquiesce to that from the point of view that, as I say, we want to go with the flow and there's that people-pleasing side to our character. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. However, what we really want to do as much as possible is make decisions which are completely free from that fear of judgment of others because we know that those are going to be aligned as much as possible with what truly makes us happy. And that, for me, is exactly what this first observation is or this first regret is i wish i had the courage to live a life true to myself because what is courage courage is overcoming fear courage is the ability to step outside of your comfort zone courage is the thing that is going to propel you forwards to achieve amazing things in your life because everything cool in my opinion everything cool in this world lies outside of our comfort zone lies on the opposite side of fear so that's what this reflection is for me it is it is it is a reflection that observes that they consistently or not, or at least not, maybe not consistently, but maybe not as much as they would have liked, they didn't step outside of their comfort zone as much as they would have liked to. And what that meant was that they accepted the reality that others thrust upon them, whether that be working conditions, whether that be unfavorable situations domestically, whether that be unfavorable situations in a friendship circle, whatever that is, what they really regret at least in my analysis of this of this of the of of this number this first one this first regret of the dying the main one the top one is that they didn't have the courage to step out now in the moment that is very tough to do it's not easy to step outside of a comfort zone because it is scary but for me the biggest reframe here is to understand that if i consistently don't lean into that fear if i just consistently accept that reality then one day it's going to lead to an even bigger pain which is the fact that i'm going to regret this so so much whenever i don't have the opportunity to go back and fix it and the second that i think to myself okay now of these two options of these two options that are in front of me if i don't change this and i am going to regret it a little further down the line when i don't have the opportunity to change it then for me Actually, because that pain is so immensely great, when I put myself in the shoes of that individual who feels that way, all of a sudden, the comparative pain of stepping outside the comfort zone in that moment or the comparative fear that I have to overcome looks way easier all of a sudden. One thing that I think is really cool is that change happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. So you're just reframing the moment, you're reframing that decision for yourself and understanding if you don't take that decision, it's going to lead to even greater pain further down the line. Therefore, comparatively, this is a more straightforward decision given that relatively speaking, that is the easier option. The easier option is just to take action in the moment, step outside of your comfort zone, lean into the fear and achieve the thing, that, whatever it is that you want to do so that you know that when you can look back that you won't have this regret, the top regret of the dying. That's how it feels in the moment. That's why these things happen. That's why people have these regrets because for me, it's about... It's about them consistently accepting them not having the perspective to realize that how their actions in the moment in which they accept comfort, they didn't have that perspective in the here and now. They didn't have the perspective at the time and they only have it a little further along in life. Therefore, it is their regret that they didn't have that courage at the time. Therefore, we now understand what we need to do to alleviate the possibility of us having this regret as much as possible boom regret number two i wish i hadn't worked so hard again real quick guys i've put together a special report for dentists entitled the seven costly and potentially disastrous mistakes that dentists make whenever it comes to their finances most of the time dentists are going through these issues and they don't even necessarily realize that they're happening. Until they have their eyes opened and that is the purpose of this report you can go ahead and receive your free report by heading on over to www.denisuinvest.com forward slash podcast report or alternatively you can download it using the link in the description this report details these seven most common issues however most importantly it also shows you how to fix them i'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts Really depends on our goals. It really depends on our objectives. Depends how we define work. For me, I suppose if you really enjoy what you do in any given moment, then what it means is you're never really quite working. So to me, finding the thing that really lights you up, finding the thing that really excites you, and devoting as much time as that to as possible is going to be the way that you alleviate this second one. I mean, to me, it all comes back to being able to devote as much time to that as you possibly can. Now, if it is the case that we're in the clinic six, seven days a week, and we don't necessarily want to be there. We'd rather be doing something else. Then we have to really think to ourselves, okay, how can I get myself to a point where I have enough income from the clinic on two days a week, three days a week versus what I was previously earning on five, six days, seven days. If I can just simply enhance my income and get myself to a point where I have the output that I desire from my clinical dentistry, I have perfect balance and I can do more of the things that I enjoy in any given moment. Then for me, Number two will be mitigated. Of course, this is all just my opinion and this is what I can see. And I'm sure other people will look at these regrets and think to themselves, hmm, I actually see it from a completely different perspective, James. But what I am sharing with everybody is my personal reflections on how I plan to ensure that I do not feel this way whenever I inevitably am on my own deathbed. And I'm hoping that somebody somewhere listening can benefit from the logic and wisdom that I've got on offer here, of course, This will not be completely aligned with everybody's perspective. And some people might think to themselves, well, do you know what, James? I could see it from a different angle or I don't agree with that. Completely cool. And I honestly would be all ears to hear if someone else can see something or hear something that I've missed. But like I say, these are the things that leap out at me. And this is my personal plan 101, so to speak, as to how I intend to avoid feeling like this as, I approach the end of my life and years and days on this earth number three I wish I had the courage to express my feelings I mean again for me this comes back to the comfort zone thing it's all about figuring out it's all about figuring out how you feel what is most aligned with your inner essence insofar as what are your true thoughts on a particular subject or on a particular topic and then working back from there and understanding why you may not feel that you can necessarily express that now there may be a reason why that you're unable to do that there may be some mitigating factor but at least if you've isolated how you truly feel that is the best place to start rather than the other way around a lot of people what they will do in from from uh my observations is that they will allow the external world to determine how they feel about something and they'll in a way shield themselves from their own inner essence their own thoughts their own opinions on a matter because they don't feel like those necessarily fit in with what others think around them whereas if we can do it the other way around at least we're a little bit closer to the mark regret number four i wish i'd stayed in touch with my friends yeah i mean again it comes down to goals and objectives i think having some sort of routine where you take the time to reach out to a friend every single week and just touch base with them and say something to them whoever it is making a note of people's birthdays people really value that they feel really valued whenever they know that you're there in your sphere of consciousness that you're making the effort On that front maybe it's about having some sort of routine whenever it comes to staying in touch with people because to me like all of like a lot of things it's just about putting in the reps at least to a degree the reps being making the effort we have a routine for lots of things in our life we have a routine for the gym we have a routine that we eat we have a routine that we go to work so maybe it's about implementing something like that into your routine as well which is what which is often something that you don't hear about as well and of course, a lot of people might think that and think, well, how mechanical is that? How, how, how rigid is that? And I do hear what you mean. I, I, I hear what you mean entirely on that front. But here's the thing. If most people feel that way and most people feel like doing something like that is superfluous and a little, bit, a little bit insincere, a little bit fake, or I don't know, whatever label people choose to use to ascribe to that. Well, for me, the fact that most people probably look at it that way is also the reason why most people tend to feel like they haven't stayed in touch with their friends uh, throughout the course of their life maybe it's because they have no methodology to doing that they just leave it a little bit to the, to the to the to chance or to fate. and maybe it's that consistency that means that they feel like this towards the end of their life so something i've been doing recently is once a week just reaching out To somebody that I know. Um, There's no consistent routine or pattern to it. I just try to do it and make a note of it and I'll message them and I'll say, hey, it's been a while. How are you? How's it going? Something along those lines and just rekindling that friendship. And at least you're putting in some sort of consistent effort to it. And for me, I feel like hopefully that's going to mitigate things uh, or that's going to really, really help on this front. I can't say for sure. I can never say for sure until I get there. And number five, I wish I had let myself be happier. So again, this comes from giving ourselves permission to be happy in the moment rather than delegating that to some future version of ourselves. How do we figure out how we can be happy in the moment? Well, for me, it starts with understanding what is our perfect balance in life in terms of what would we really, really, really like to spend all our time doing and then work back from there effectively. Because really, in an ideal world, if nothing else was a consideration, then that would be how your life would look. That is what you would do all day. Maybe you would just go to restaurants all day. Maybe you go to the beach. Maybe you'd actually still like to go to work seven days a week. However, that looks, that's fine. You like what you like, and there should be no apologies for that whatsoever. So, for me, this comes back to understanding what it is that actually makes us happy, and then giving ourselves to be. Happy in the moment, giving ourselves permission to be happy in the moment rather than saying, oh, I'll be happy when I get this or I'll be happy when I retire or I'll be happy when I get this specific thing. For me, there is no law of the universe that says that we have to delegate happiness, to some future version of ourselves. I feel it's a trick of our subconsciousness to a degree that we feel like we have to be on a specific path, that we feel like we have to be actively contributing towards something and that requires sacrifice in the here and now. That's not necessarily true because what if you enjoy making progress on the journey? What if you enjoy the activities that allow you to make progress to that overall goal? There's no reason that you don't necessarily have to enjoy those activities. Most people sacrifice today for tomorrow most people sacrifice the journey for the destination whenever it comes to finance what am i talking about i'm talking about sacrificing our time our energy our happiness maybe to go to a job that uh we do not necessarily enjoy as much as we could in order to earn money in order to contribute towards our retirement portfolio so that we can one day inverted commas be happy um again like i say if you want to achieve financial freedom that's not the only way there's a lot more ways to be free and really it starts with understanding and accepting that that is possible rather than rather than denying that rather than us saying to ourselves actually i'm going to keep putting this off continuously time and time again until i hopefully reach retirement age in which case i'm finally allowed to be happy whenever I'm 65 years of age, or at least that's the conventional wisdom anyway. Naturally, a lot of people hearing that will disagree with that. However, that's the spoon-fed narrative that we're provided. And for me, I just don't necessarily think that's true. I think that you can enjoy the moment and and you can also make suitable provisions for the future. But what I will agree, what I will say is 100% for, for certain is that you really have to give yourself permission to find that reality, because if you don't believe it and you don't think it's true, well, then you'll just you'll, you'll subconsciously believe that nothing else can be true than your current reality. Therefore, you'll never actually welcome that knowledge and information into your life as to how that's achieved, unless you at least believe and understand that it's possible first, which starts with the permission thing. And at least that's my interpretation off that fifth regret of the dying which is I wish I'd let myself be happier and like I say all of those things that I was talking about just then those are the top five regrets of the dying they are 100% my interpretation a lot of this podcast I've done off the cuff when I uh, read these for the first time um, you know I looked at them and I thought okay how can I avoid this one how can I put certain uh, conditions in? How can I ensure that this doesn't happen? How can I implement certain conditions so that the odds of this regret are as little as possible? And those were my interpretation of the top five regrets of the dying and also the measures that I implemented into my life to reduce the likelihood of them occurring as much possible. You can never say for sure, but what you can do is at least try to take measures to reduce the likelihood of them occurring as much as possible and then therefore hopefully welcome a lot more happiness into your life in the here and now and also ensure that when it does get towards the end of your life that you're in a place where you can look back and say wow I really 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 had an amazing time on this earth and now that the curtains are drawing at least I can say I was happy.